What's up, everybody? Welcome, Hospital for the Soul podcast. Fidgeting with my knobs and things, sliders here on the screen. What's going on, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, This is Hospital for the Soul podcast, where we talk about stuff. Isn't that right, Brian? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, something like that. It is a new year. Wow. 2021. Is that the year is? This is my favorite year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been waiting for 2021 for a long time. I guess a lot of people have. Um, yeah, dudes, friends, and folks, thanks for joining us. Um, we talk about um, a lot of things here, and the goal, really, of Hospital for the Soul podcast is to get our minds and our hearts on Jesus, because He is the remedy to any wounded soul. And so feel free to uh, share, invite people. Actually, we think we got some folks in the chat. What's up, guys? Ricky, what's going on, man? Um, feel free chat to ask questions and to kind of engage as we kind of cover things. You yeah, are not going to wait to the end to answer questions. Yes. this time. Yeah, for sure. We, we, um, we, we like questions. They're fun. And, um, so today, yeah, we're talking about a bunch of different things today. Um, it's a new year and I kind of hear everyone saying like 2020 was the worst year ever. I mean, there were things that made it challenging, but. You know, it wasn't was nineteen forty four. I'm not I'm not dead. So for yeah. me it wasn't the worst. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it is the people losing loved ones, that's that's rough. But we're kinda talking about today like how to being godly in a world um that's basically falling apart. Yeah. And and how do you do that? And is it is it possible? Um and how to have a de- real devotional life, I think, is is where things really come to a point here. First of all, uh, tell me about what, what was, how was Christmas for you, Brian? What was, I got to go to Colorado. So it was nice and cold. Nice. For once. How much you said it was snowed a lot? It was like knee deep. Oh man. So it was, it was funny. Yeah. We, we drove 18 hours back from Colorado, which I don't advise for anyone. I couldn't feel my legs by the end of it. Um, now, did you do from, Christmas and New Year's there? No, no. We went right after Christmas. Got it. And we didn't even do New Year's there. Uh. But, but yeah, went from negative 18, and then at the end of the day, wearing shorts and t-shirts back in Texas. Oh my gosh. So. I got to, it was supposed, we were, I was with a group, we were in, um, where were we, Edward? I don't know, we were in Waxahachie. Waxahachie. Yes, that was like, if y'all, I'm talking to Edward, he's sitting behind the camera, y'all can't see him, but he's there, he's not waving, because he can't. Um, we didn't want to put him on the camera because he would take the spotlight. Yes, yeah, he would take all the glory, and we can, we cannot allow that. And under any <laughs> circumstances, we cannot allow that. Uh, it was supposed to rain where we were, but it was like extremely wet and icy and freezing cold. But Christmas was was cool. Got to spend time with family. Um, got to uh, hang out with family. Jess and I had a great trip. It was fun. So one thing we did that was kind of cool, like we were kind of dreading the drive Waxahachie way down back down to the valley. It was about seven hours. We like, Oh no, seven hours. I know, I know. But we, this was like, we, we drove up to be the family. Then we drove to Fredericksburg and then we drove all the way to Waxahachie, then all the way down to Katy. And so our, our, uh, or that was originally seven hours. We made it nine hours because we had to go back to Katie. So mm. it just gave us a little angle. But Jessica and I took, we like basically took a lot of detours. We stopped at several different places. We stopped in Kingsville. Um, we like 
tried to go shopping on, along the way. It made the trip longer, but so much more enjoyable. We just had fun being together, and and so that might be we might be doing that a lot more now when we have long trips. We're just gonna look at places and see stuff. Have fun of that. Don't take me. Yeah, well, I hate car rides. Well, I hate you, so well, that works out. <laughs> Noted. Just, no, just just kidding, um, dude. Yeah, it's. I'm glad to be home. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to get the semester started up and yes. start. Um, we're we're gonna worship together this Thursday. I'm super pumped about that. Um, I just got back from a, a an extremely awesome staff, basically a retreat getaway thing, and like preaching there was really challenging and awesome, and it was great, dude. Got to really really hang out with God. Um, but basically the consensus we see, you can see from all over. I was even listening to a podcast today and everyone's talking about, you know, how terrible things are politically and all this stuff. It, it is, there's a lot of serious issues, but, um, the, what's important that we grasp, it seems to me, and Brian, you correct me if I'm wrong, but the Bible's very clear on how we're supposed to go through stuff. Yeah. And and Jesus himself going through some of the worst things ever and how he dealt with things. There's a template on how to how to struggle. Yeah, I think if a Christian is ever surprised that life sucks, it just means they didn't read their Bible recently. Yeah. That's all Jesus promises us. Life's going to suck, guys. Life sucks. That's how it is. Then yeah. you die. Now, now Brian the the pessimist on the other side of the table. Um I know you. So I you you say a sense a phrase like that, but I know you have joy. I, I know you don't. I'm so happy all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I know you don't live um, as though there's no purpose and there's no hope. So what do you mean when you say um, when you look in the Bible? Uh, yeah, Jesus says they will persecute you. Yeah, it's pretty pretty plain. And if you go about life thinking that Christianity is because yeah, you get saved and you. You get filled with this joy that's otherworldly. It's unnatural to you. Like I've never had joy like that before. That's mm-hmm. also mingled with this brokenness, but it doesn't taint the joy. Yeah. Um, you find this, and then Jesus comes along and says, but you're going to get persecuted. If you're a Christian, if, right, the world's going to hate you. The road that I walk is narrow and straight. Mm-hmm. You know, the world walks this big, wide road, and everyone can fit on it, you know, and, they're, and whatever they want to do. That's not my road. And if you walk my road, people are going to hate you for it. And but I'm with him. Mm. But I'm with him. So there's joy, right? And they, we see the apostles getting persecuted and arrested and beaten. And then when they leave, they're like skipping. Like we were, yeah. we were persecuted for Jesus. Thank God, yeah. we're we're doing something right. You know, they while they're like bleeding out of their eyes, they're <laughs> like, oh, thank God we're near to Jesus. Mm. Right? It means. The world hates us, not because we did anything wrong against them, but just because we won't compromise on truth. And we're with the one we love. It means we're we're walking in his footsteps. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, that's right. You know, and the script the scriptures don't seems to me, again, correct me if I'm wrong, there's not there it doesn't give a lot of hope as far as the future of the earth. <laughs> it's kind of why he's gonna make a new one. Yeah, long term yeah. hope. For the earth is is essentially bleak, but long term, according to the scriptures, spiritually speaking, and a lot and long term for your souls, is the utmost like joy of just simply being with God. Saw a great video of a guy totally got saved. He he um he uh, lived an open homosexual lifestyle, 
Well, he gets to know Jesus, he gets saved. And his argument was, I was just like astounded because people will kind of talk about when they meet Jesus and when they become a Christian and kind of, they have all these neat stories or whatever. But this guy like described having one mindset and then having a completely different mindset after encountering Jesus. And so this guy was interviewer was asking him, well, dude, like, so you, you've, you're now like straight and you have this life. He's like, and basically he was like, um, what I want doesn't matter to me anymore. Yeah. He says, what Jesus wants, that's what matters to me anymore. Yeah. And he's like, so are, are you still attracted to men and stuff? And he's like, yeah, I'm still attracted to men. Um, I, I don't know if that'll ever go away in me, yeah. but um, I am 100% okay with being celibate and single the rest of my life. And the guy was like, wait a minute, like, why? He's like, because you don't understand, I'm friends with the King of Kings now. Yeah. I'm, we're best friends. I walk with the Holy Spirit every single day, all other things um, just crumble in importance because of the joy. So we're talking about like, guys, like things in the world, they can look bleak, they can look horrible, they can look terrible, but look at the disciples. They were getting literally physically killed. Thrown and, to lions. Yes. Ship, Paul is like the best example. He's yeah. shipwrecked, he's stoned, he, he's, he's get thrown in jail, all of these horrible things. And he's like having a great time. <laughs> the souls are meeting Jesus. That's right. Yeah. And that, I love that, um, you know, we see people that in our ministry too, w- that people get saved and it's like you, you're putting on a brand new mind. And um, I think that is so very important for us to uh, remember. And and as if you're listening to this and you're a leader, it's very important that we teach this, that uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind means we don't think like the world anymore. We we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. And things yeah, like going into 2021, a lot of people talk about this year as though it's going to be the hope of escaping last year. And that's kind of dumb. Some fireworks went off and everything in reality changed, I guess. Yeah. Right, right. I'll tell the virus. The special the special uh New Year celebration, you party hard enough and then all and then like all of a sudden you have a new year. Well, yeah, COVID will probably take a while to go away. You take look at the particulars. You can't just uh, the sun um, happening to get around this revolution That's around. That's not the, how it works. It's, the, it's not how it works. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the Earth, yes, it's it's twenty twenty one. We have to have good science, right? Mm-hmm. The Earth revolving around the sun at a particular point in time. Thank you, Brian. There we go. Um, doesn't magically mean all of our circumstances will arbitrarily change and be wonderful for no apparent reason. It doesn't mean anything. And people might call me pessimistic of sorts, but I don't get, I don't really get excited around New Year's because it doesn't mean anything. It means that for another month and a half, I'm going to write the wrong date on everything. <laughs> That's what it means. It but does. that's about it. Well, that's the worst part of it. That's terrible. But, I hate that too. Yeah, it, but, it doesn't mean any any hope for humanity or anything. Right. I mean, people don't really write checks anymore. If you I do. wrote one today because oh, wow. that's how I have to pay rent. Wow. So prove you wrong. That's ancient technology right there. That's wow. Um, it doesn't mean anything. A celebration doesn't. 
I mean, I'm not saying you were wrong to celebrate the new year or, or, or get together with family and friends. <laughs> I love any excuse to shoot fireworks. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, we'll talk about that later. But it'd be sweet to own a fireworks stand and sell fireworks and give money to missions. That would be sweet. All right. Business but, noted. Yes. People do, like, a bunch of our friends are doing it, and it's, like, awesome. But, yeah, fireworks are cool. Blowing, blowing stuff up is cool. But I I think... Um, we the many people in the church today seems to make a habit of um, kind of talking ourselves into optimism that that Jesus doesn't promise. Yeah, yeah. he's not promising um, if you if you pray and if you go to church and do these things, your circumstances will all of a sudden be easier. Yeah, it's not what he's saying. The I mean, you look at Acts, the type of struggles they struggled with makes our you know, um, what are the, what's that meme? First world problems. Yeah. Looked absolutely microscopic. Mm-hmm. So what kind of attitude do you think, Brian, we need to have like going, it should we be pessimistic? Me? Well, should we look right. around and be like, everything sucks, life sucks. And then you die. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I don't know. Other people are different. I've, I guess I've kind of accepted that, um, because it's not where my eyes are. So, my, I'm, I guess I'm a weirdo, but my encouragement verse is where Jesus basically tries to turn disciples away. He's foxes have holes, birds have nests, yeah. the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Like, if you're going to follow me, you're going to be sleeping with a rock as a pillow. Mm. And that's how it is. And I can either be like gloomy about it, like, oh man, or I can be like, oh, I get a rock for a pillow if I follow Jesus. <laughs> I get, I get something. Yeah. It's just the outlook you have on it. And so if you go into something with absolutely the worst expectations, mm-hmm. and Jesus says, life's going to life's gonna be terrible, and then, you know, I, I ate today. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful surprise, you know? Like, yeah, because he does say specifically, do not worry, that's a command, yeah. because the Lord will take care of every single one of your needs. If, why, if he watches over the birds, why, yeah. why wouldn't he watch over you? Exactly. And and so we. what I think, and again, I'm trying to translate to our friends, because yes. you might be a pessimistic, but you, like... I don't think I'm a pessimist. Yeah, because we all, we all have different... Well, I just, I guess my view of things is the mud isn't as bad. Yeah, with when you're with Jesus. Yes. It, yes. it doesn't matter. If it's mud, when you're with Jesus, yeah, Ab- no, no difference. Yeah, it, yeah, it's awesome. My back might know the difference. Yeah, but my my soul and my spirit better not. Right, I, I th- and I think that's good. Like that, when when a person is transformed by the renewing of their mind, like yeah, I can turn away marriage the rest of my life. I get to have Jesus in the end. I get to have Jesus now. Like you're asking, and and there's a one of the speakers at this retreat uh, we went to. She was she was awesome, but she basically preached um, on on that that whenever we count the cost, it's like a an interesting thing because we're not giving anything. We don't give up anything. When when Jesus yeah. asks us to give us our lives, we are giving him like like when we lay down our lives for the gospel, we're giving up earthly worldly treasures and riches, which are garbage. Compared mm-hmm. to what we get yeah. with Christ, and that's the point she's making, and I think it's fantastic. Um, truth, I'm fixing to sneeze on live. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mute. <laughs> okay, so I'll just ramble on. Yeah, it makes me think of um, when Paul says, 
to live is Christ, to die is gain. And basically saying, if I die, everything's easier. Mm-hmm. All my troubles go away. Literally everything, my whatever the thorn in his flesh, gone. Instantly gone. All the cruce, the persecution he's going through, gone. Mm. Um, having to worry about work or you know, having to eat lousy food or whatever your complaint about life is, it's gone. Instantly gone. But if you live, yeah, you're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is, you know, whatever so social class, economic class you live in, everyone's got something that they can say they can suffer, real or imagined. But that's Christ because through your suffering, we're, we're getting brothers and sisters. Yeah. And we're seeing Jesus move and get to work alongside him. And what an honor to be kept alive for another day to... To help him in his mission. Yeah. When, yeah, if I die, like, I don't got to pay rent no more. I don't have to write any more of these checks. Right. And we, I mean, there's there's just nothing more fun and satisfying than seeing that mind transformation yeah. to me. It's just, it's, it's priceless. Um, the friends that we have made in our lives because we've served Jesus and decide to transplant our lives into different places— just because we we know the Lord is speaking it, it is only um, brought joy and, and benefit when when you're looking at in my life when I look at the grand scheme of things, my my tiny sufferings are momentary and light um, compared to the glory and the knowledge of knowing Jesus, um, which yeah, which is straight out of the Scripture mm-hmm. that we um, that we receive. Uh, uh, the guy that discipled me said this really good. He says, controversies do not arise in those who have certainty. Controversies do not arise in those who have certainty. So what he's saying is being a Christian doesn't mean that uh, you're going to not have problems anymore. Like controversies meaning basically inward turmoil, like like, uh, I don't think I can make it. Yeah, that kind of thing. So obviously we have problems. Um, you preach the gospel to enough people, you're going to create a lot of enemies. Yes, you have problems. So he's not saying you'll have to be problemless, but controversies do not arise in those who, in their heart, are certain up on and stand upon the truth of of the scripture and truth of Jesus. Um, so Romans five uh, is good. For this, uh, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we can stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And verse 3 says this, But not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Evidently, um, problems can be a good thing and are a good thing when you when you walk with Jesus. When you bow and let him use it for that that chain, renewing of your mind, that teaching and that growing you of going through it. it uh, yeah, it makes me think of this other verse we were talking about earlier in First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Mm. The Lord, he, there's always hope. 
when he looks at you going through anything, he doesn't ever put you in hopeless situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that we see as hopeless is because we're looking at the wrong thing. We're looking at our own desires, our own comfort, um, whatever whatever your thing is. And the whole time God's looking at it, just almost if he was watching a play, you know, is how I imagine it. And it's like, are they going to choose me? Are they going to choose love? Are they going to choose goodness? Or are they going to take the cheater's way out, the easy way out, the way that compromises their love with me? Mm. And it's that's the real challenge. That's People say, oh, God's testing me. I don't ever look at it as God's testing me. Mm-hmm. Um, situation's testing me. And, and thank God, because if I if my eyes are on him, I'm only going to come out all the nearer to what he's like. Yeah. You think the Lord can put trials on a person in order to grow them? Like He probably can. I don't know. <laughs> I I also think there's just things in life, but he, I think he definitely can. Yeah. There's... I don't like to say unless it's like some absolute thing yeah. God does something or not. Yeah, cuz I'm sure he does and I'm sure a lot of times he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, I I um I think we need to as the church we need to be careful in not relying on the world and the devil to give us false hopes. Like um 2021 is not in any way a savior. <laughs> And and a, going into a new season is not a savior. Even like I, I think of like a young person, like when I was like in high school, I was like so excited to transition into adulthood and be in college and be on my own and move out of my parents' house. They're holding me back and all these things. Um, but the, the things that we, even though we might, if it's possible for someone to be in prison and have literal chains yes, yes. and love Jesus, then um, griping about our uh, circumstances that might be holding us back um, is not going to get us anywhere. And griping about things in our culture that we don't like, that needs a, that need to change, it's not going to get us anywhere with God. You, you could be close to God now. You yeah. could have him now. And What's a practical way to help you have that mindset to conquer it? To the the conquer the mindset of basically being defeated. Yeah, um, I think we talk about mind in love with God a whole lot, and um, we we need to define the terms here. We need to define yeah. what we mean, like mind in love with God. And when I teach this, it's it's a uh, getting my mind on the Lord Himself yeah. as often as I possibly can. Where your mind goes, that's the person you're going to become. And um, when when my mind is in love with Jesus, it's it's not just like we you know we we talk about abiding with Jesus, talk about devotional life, reading, memorizing scripture, all of these disciplines and stuff. Like all of this is kind of sort of included, but I just want to talk about this for a sec. Just our thoughts on God Himself. Just thinking. Uh, I wrote a new worship song about just seeing the face of Jesus, just see his face. Yeah. Imagine the face of Jesus. And one of the preachers um, just, uh, in one of the sermons, he talks about, just imagine how, this is this is like taking the context of Scripture and kind of extrapolating it and, and, ima- and imagining what, like, you, we talk about the prodigal son running mm-hmm. home and yeah. the father running out to the son. Mm. 
and and in that joy. But imagine Jesus, who was not, who was sinless, utterly sinless, walking through the gates after the resurrection. He goes into heaven. He's accomplished what he went to accomplish, and he walks through the gates in heaven and seeing the the look on the Father's face and the smile when his perfect Son comes home and the angels rushing to the gates to greet him. That image of the perfect, spotless Lamb of God and the face of Jesus, I was probably crying for 45 minutes. Just, Just his face. Yeah. Just Jesus himself. So going back to your question... Like and like this testimony that I was quoting earlier from this guy, um, if you're close to his heart, and and you dwell on the majesty of who he is by his nature and character, um, your your mind is set up in a way that's it's like the Bible says you are setting things up, you're building your foundation upon the rock rather than the guy that builds his house in the sand. And I might be taking liberties with the context there, but I think that applies. Um, when your mind is in love with God, it means you think about Him often. And when you think about Him often, worldly problems always just look small. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I uh, constantly, whenever I, I feel, I don't want to say, say down, Mm-hmm. Um, but just like, yeah, just things suck. And even if you expect things to suck, you'll still, you'll still feel it, you know? Yeah. And I constantly find myself going through this inner turmoil of Jesus, just come back already. Please mm-hmm. just, I just want to be with you. That mm-hmm. whole thing Paul was talking about, it's like, it, w- it would just be really nice if you came back, you know? Right. Um, it would, yeah, I just, I'm yearning for that. I'm yearning for what eternity will look like. It's like, I'm, we're going through all this whole thing. And all I really want is you, and we're doing all this work, and uh, it's not fun all the time. Like, it's fun a lot of time, mm. but it, I feel like almost just as much time is really not fun. Right. And it's really not the most enjoyable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that comes to my mind, and like, well, we are doing this for you, and I know it brings joy to you. And when we finally are together for eternity... I don't, I don't know how this works. If there'd be, if you can say it's like, oh, there's more joy because, you know, we, we have so many more friends and brothers and sisters that, that like brought me in and then I brought someone in and they brought more in. I don't mm-hmm. know how quantitative things work in eternity, mm-hmm. but I know that's something that he wants. Yeah. And I'm like, and that whole desire, like, well, I just want you now. He, we can have him now. Mm-hmm. It's not in the way that my mind, my body wants, you know. It's exhausting, but we can have him now. Right. And I think optimistically in the sense that not that, you know, we pray America goes to revival. America is just full of the devil. Yeah. Our our country is just... He's leaking out so much of him. Yeah, it is. It's horrible. And I think... I think when you walk with Jesus, these things are revealed to you, and you notice how how terrible um, things are just in our own country, but... I think optimistically in this sense that when you have a walk with Jesus, I actually think he will give you a joy-filled life. Yeah. And, and, um, and through I, it all. Yes. Through everything. Yes. Then that's the key. I firmly believe, I think this is true guys, that the, when the world is set on fire, 
and things are absolutely falling to pieces. The true, first of all, there's going to be a, there's like a separation of the sheep and the goats. The people that are phony, that they say they walk with Jesus, but don't, they're going to fall easily to the wayside. Mm-hmm. And then the people, the true church, people that actually have a relationship with God, um, and, and, um, live as though Jesus is Lord. That's a key point there. Yeah. Um, then, the whole world will be set on fire and will be burning to the ground, but the Christians will be just fine. I think, and I mean that like inwardly, that yeah, controversies yeah. do not arise in those who are of certainty. It doesn't mean we're not going to struggle. It doesn't mean um, we're not going to go through hardships, but I think internally, um, it like you see Jesus on the cross, that's what you, you get that character when you walk with him. Jesus is on the cross, and he's looking down. His hands are nailed to the wood, and he's looking down at John and his mother Mary. And the only thing, evidently, that's on his mind, he tells John, "John, Take this is your, of, yeah. this is your mother, mother. This, this is now your son." Mm-hmm. He's worried about his mom hanging on the cross. So, it that is divine character. That's the Son of God. That's Jesus, who is Lord. He's mm-hmm. he's he's not just coming along to show us a better way to live. He is life itself. You either have him or you don't. And in twenty twenty one, I'll just say this: if you if you had if you struggled in twenty twenty, is you're gonna struggle in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Yeah, it's not gonna get better, and until uh, you get in a zone and in a mode where you need God and you pursue him for real mm-hmm. and, and you take, you take his word, you take him on his word. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of, a lot of drama, a lot of things, um, I, I know are happening, but I, I think unity is also a big deal. Um, you know, we went through kind of a sifting season, which praise God, um, sifting is uncomfortable, but boy, is it good. It's it's healthy. It's really really healthy um, spiritually. You get just getting the things out of your life that that need to go. Um, you know, as ministry as a whole, like ideas getting out of out of sifting out ideas and attitudes that don't belong in the kingdom. Getting that stuff out of there. That's super. It's painful and it hurts, but it's really really healthy for the kingdom and healthy for that that ministry. Um. But uh, we... That's a thing yeah. that I don't ever want to be the sifter. Yeah. The Lord says the, the wheat and the chaff will grow up together, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be able to tell the difference, and He will do it. Yes. I will make the separation, He said. Yeah, that's, that, that's very true. Um, taking matters in our own hands that are... Yeah, it's an interesting thought. The Holy Spirit is the, the sifter... Holy Spirit uses us, but at the end of all things, He's Jesus is the one that makes yeah. that separation. The the at, at the on, on the day of judgment. Um, one thing I've been asked about guys um, quite a bit that I think could, we could address it um, is is basically the unfortunate, terrible stuff that's coming out with Ravi Zacharias. Had a lot of people ask me this question the past few weeks. And um, anyone that knows me knows how how much um, that ministry has just impacted my life. Yeah. 
But without getting into it, we don't know all the details. We don't know everything that's going on. And I think it's, uh, you know, we shouldn't jump to conclusions um, and try to guess and make up things. RZAM is, from what I've seen, they've been um, very open in public. So if anyone that doesn't know, Ravi is a minister, um, a apologist, yeah. uh, a guy that we love deeply, and he passed away from cancer in August. Mm-hmm. And then all this... Yeah, so accusations of sexual misconduct has come up. And um, at this point, that's all we know. They're going to give more information later. Um, but uh, it tragedy is the wrong word, but it, it's... Uh, it is still tragic. Yeah, it's tragic. And it's, it's um, really, really, really sad. And a lot of people have questions and... and what do we, how do we lead people? What does this mean? One guy was asking, like, should we like not quote Ravi anymore? Like, do, does all these arguments um, basically mean nothing because of a potential thing? Ours, the, the reason this is so sad, not that there was accusations, but that RZAM has basically said it's it, yes, it looks like it, these it some of these are true, true um, which really sucks. Um, so there's a few things that, that I've been saying about this, guys, that I think it's worthwhile to talk about. First of all, going on just kind of what we're talking about tonight. Um, if you listened to Ravi Zacharias and believed all of his arguments he was making just because it was Ravi, then this is going to shake you up and you're not, you're, it's going to mess you up. Yeah. But if we actually even had this talk like a year or two ago, yeah. not even about Ravi, just about, any single person other than Jesus that you look up to. That's right. That's absolutely right. You know, we, we can have he- heroes in the sense, but we really have only one hero. Yeah. That's, that's it. We just have one hero, and he was sinless. He, he did not commit any sin, nor did he think it. Mm-hmm. And so um, if, yes, what about the teachings and all of these things? Ravi, if, if you believed it just because just you took his word for it, then yeah, it's going to mess you up. But if you, if his arguments are biblically sound arguments, then those, then that's that Mm -hmm. they're they're It doesn't erase all of the truth that came forward out of the ministry. And you also talk about a, there's a lot of godly, I believe people involved in RZIM, like, um, that, that are incredible examples. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure they're going through a, a lot of terrible stuff right now too. Yeah, I'm sure they're hurting a lot because yeah, they were very close and friends and yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming none of them knew if this is true. About in their it. statement, yeah, in their statement, they said um, all of these. Uh, this is obviously incredibly troubling. I'm paraphrasing, but all of these accusations um, were are shocking to us yeah. because none of this portray- like his behavior in public and in private had, was nothing like this that we're seeing now after his passing. So people, victims are coming out, um, talking about these, these things now. Um, it's just terrible, but this is the point. Like when, if you have a hero, um, you, you've got, you don't just take people's word for it. You come to, uh, uh, a service, a church service, you listen to a preacher, you hear even me preach. Don't, make the mistake in just listening to someone and just taking their word for it, you have the Word of God mm-hmm. <laughs> available to you. You must take these arguments 
and bring them to the Bible and see if these are Scripture and yeah. see if this is the Word of God, that those arguments are supporting the Scripture. And if you just keep taking people's word for it and you don't make an effort to get to know the Word of God, you're, you're, you're not, I don't think you're going to make it very long. Yeah. I rely on that as, as someone who has to preach. I rely on people, and I hope people are. Because mm-hmm. if I'm saying something wrong, please, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to spread that anymore. Yes, and and I know. I remember you tell a story the first time you preached at your youth group. <laughs> yeah, you were totally off. Yeah, it was horrible. And, but some guy came up and lovingly honored you. He's like, "Wow, that was great." Um, this is one thing though, and you were totally wrong. Yeah, but he didn't rub your face in the dirt. Yeah, and then you. You obviously, after that you weren't spreading a wrong message anymore. Yeah, and it, it was a it was a silly little analogy. I wouldn't yeah. even say a doctrinal error, but it was a I totally took something out of context because he didn't know what the word meant yeah, as yeah, a fifteen yeah. year old. Yeah, but but yes, I think you're absolutely right. Um, we can go lovingly to people that make and so that's point number yeah. one. You can't don't if you come and listen to a preacher, and you. Um, listen to this person preach, and they preach something that's unbiblical or heretical. Um, you, uh, I, you going to the Bible yourself is is what's going to help you. That like that's the only answer um, that you've got. So I think it's a huge, huge deal. Um, the second thing um, is I'm trying to I'm drawing a blank, but. Um, we we have to know the word of God ourselves, um, and you know when it comes to things like this, we we also see in the scriptures how the Lord um, continually uses fallen men. Yeah, right. You just I feel like whether you're how incredibly holy you are, no matter how incredibly how many mistakes even a godly man makes, you fit into the like almost any story in the Bible. Still, mm-hmm. like if the we look at King David, we know what he did. He murdered a man. Right. Had sexual relations with his wife. He had tons of wives. Um, but we're not I mean, the Psalms are still in the Bible. Yeah. So we don't throw out his right. stuff. He's still called a man after the Lord's own heart. Yeah. The best king Israel ever had. Uh, right. We see Jesus. Like this one this one stirs up some trouble. He says, uh, do as the Pharisees say, but not as they do. Yeah. Said everything they spoke, they I mean, they're just quoting the truth, but they're inside they're they're wicked. Mm-hmm. Not saying anything about anyone else in particular, just saying right, even Jesus affirmed teachings mm-hmm. that I mean he used a donkey to speak. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And I you know, the the arguments that Ravi made rescued me. Mm-hmm. Um when I was in college, I had so many questions. They literally rescued me and it got, it brought me closer to Jesus. And, um, you know, we, we just, we, we have to understand who the true hero is and and never elevate the man and, and never celebrate when, when a person stumbles and falls, never rejoice, never celebrate. Yeah. Um, which you see that sometimes people kind of take a, take a shot. Um, try to get famous themselves or, or whatever. But man, yeah, I, it's heartbreaking because I looked up to this guy and admired him. And, but his teachings, the, this, the attitudes and ideas that we take on. And that's really important. It's uh, these attitudes and ideas, biblical and sound. Um, and 
and golly, yeah. And you take those things, and a, and a wonderful quote from Ravi is, <clears throat> thank, people would ask him, like, what's going to happen after Billy Graham and stuff? And he's mm-hmm. like, guys, come on. You're, you don't get it. Yeah. He, he says, thanks be to God that the gospel will always outlive its pallbearers. Yeah, yeah. And that's true for Ravi also. The gospel will continue on, and um, Jesus is the one who's carrying that. Holy Spirit's the one who's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that I yeah, I think that's a big deal. Moving forward is if you um, just if you rely on other people to get you close to Jesus, that the unfortunate thing is you'll never really know him. You'll never know him personally. Yeah. You'll just rely on other people to give you advice on how to walk with Jesus. What you need is your own, your very own personal walk with Jesus every single day, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, as by definition, you know, I can't, I can't just parrot out what I've heard. Uh, right. Because then at best, I'm just, you know, a printer could do that. You copy someone's book. I mean, we say quotes all the time, but... I always, these quotes I say, I, I remember it. I don't have the best memory. My wife can attest to that. Mm-hmm. I remember these things because it's impacted my soul, and it's stuck there. The conviction that that comes with it is stuck there, and it's it's not just some some quote floating around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I can sound smart if I say it. It's because it meant something to me, and I, I'm going to have to hit me with a brick for me to forget it, you know? Like, right. It, it's tied to my life. It's tied to my walk with Jesus, and he's used yeah. whatever from any any person. You know, it doesn't have to be some famous author. I, I remember things Edward, as, as friends, have taught me, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, that's why, again, why friendship is so important. And, uh, yeah, it's sad if, if I'm glad that... I'm glad that I'm not necessarily in stature, but small. <laughs> yeah. Because I... I don't know what Ravi is going through in life. Yeah. Um, but it is heartbreaking. And I know if, if at one point the his fear had broken, mm-hmm. right, fear of getting caught or something, um, and he had just told a friend, he could have been saved from the situations. Right. And, uh, right. Yeah. The importance of fellowship can't be overstated. You know, unfortunately, when we we live in a culture where you get a platform and the pressure that comes from that platform is immense. And, um, yeah, and and keeping... I don't want to have any idea of that. Yeah. I don't don't ever want to... (laughs) Yeah. I just want to be close to Jesus, and I want my name to be forgotten, Mm -hmm. you know, after I'm dead, except by my loved ones. Right. Right. So there's some questions in the chat. Yeah, I personally am not necessarily reflecting every single person in our ministry, but Mm -hmm. I personally, you know, Ravi's teaching was so unbelievably biblically sound, in in my opinion. And I I listened for years and years and years, and and I never, even as theology, I never had any um, red flags or even yellow flags for that matter. Mm -hmm. I mean zero yellow flags as far as my personal devotions. Um, um, when I would listen to Ravi, I never had issues with that. Um, but I have learned, you know, I have learned this lesson before I've had heroes in the past. I had a, there was an evangelist came in, his sermons changed my life. He was, uh, he was incredibly, um, wonderful. And, 
an absolute tragedy. He, you know, goes goes home years later um, and found out that his wife had been cheating on him with someone in the church, and he committed suicide. And um, it was terrible. I remember reading about it. I still could quote you like two of his sermons today because they were so impactful. And and so uh, this is a lesson I wanted to 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 go to guys is another lesson that this brings us to. This is so very critical. This is why it is so important that we finish the race well. Yeah. We we have to if people that might have like secret sins or things like that, you know, when it, you struggle with stuff, again, it gets harder and harder if you have a bigger and bigger platform. That's yeah. that can be challenging, really, really hard to do, especially if you feel might feel like there's you can't trust people around you or whatever it might be. Yeah. You can trust the Lord, um, but if, if you don't finish the race well, look what can happen. You you shed, you know, you shed doubt on so much and and you give the devil such a big foothold yeah and you just have to imagine all of the fallout and terrible stuff that that Ravi's friends now have to deal with and so you know if you think like man I'll, I'll conquer these things later I'll deal with these issues later or whatever and you don't go to God about it you don't go to fellowship trustworthy friends about it to, to help you and you even you can carry secret sins into the grave, and evidently the devil can basically call in your debts even mm-hmm. after you're gone. Yeah. And your friends have to clean up the mess. And so this really stresses the importance. Like what Paul the Apostle Paul says is I've finished the race. I fought the good fight. And he went into that finish line strong. Yeah. And that's so And he important. can say that as someone who before I met Jesus was killing Christians. Yes. And he can still say, right, the Lord's changed me and I've finished the race strong. Mm-hmm. The uh, the thief on the cross can say that, I believe, too. Yeah. man who was maybe his Christian life was, I don't know how many minutes or hours. Right. But it wasn't very long, and Jesus, he was, I imagine, the first one Jesus welcomed into eternity. Yeah. Crazy right. to think about. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A question, could a thought be worth anything that God never cared to think? I don't understand that. I think it's... um, Should thoughts be focused on what God thinks about and not worldly things? Yeah, I think the only thing God won't think about is sin. Mm -hmm. I don't think he can think about sin. Yeah. Can God not do anything? Yeah, he can't sin. It's. We were just talking... Do you have the quote here we were talking about earlier? Yeah, the verse in... um, in, is it James, uh, Timothy? Yeah, is in... Um, oh, wait, Tim... Was there, it Timothy? There's the, an Old Testament verse where it didn't even one, enter his that mind. That one, that one. Yeah, yeah there's a verse uh, where it says that basically Israel has sinned so greatly and you've done, you've done such horrendous things and you've burned your children on the altars of Baal, something I've never spoken, something I've never... Um, uh, intended, and then it says this scary thing, and it never even entered my mind. I'm paraphrasing from what I, a verse I just read. We can find it later, but but evidently, like the Lord is holy. It, not evidently, but you see what I'm saying. <laughs> the Lord is holy, comma. Evidently, that means that he he it never even entered his brain that men could be so wicked and to murder their babies. He is so far apart from sin. Yes. He has to be. Yes. 
And uh, yeah, because if he wasn't, he would not be himself. Right, right. And and that's a talk about a tragedy there. Yeah, how we introduced a new type of learning to the Lord in such a in such a way where we have committed such evils that the Lord looked down at His creation that He loves and that He is pleased by that He it's beautiful to Him and they, He sees His people committing such horrible evil atrocities. He's like, I, this never even crossed my mind that you got that this you could do such a thing. And so I think the lesson there is this, God is holy and he cannot sin, he cannot be evil. It's not even it's so far removed from him. Yeah. Um that we that yeah, the closer we get to him, the more clean that we become. Yeah. Yeah, we are responsible for a lot. And and the only thing I guess you could say that we're responsible for is bowing bowing mm-hmm. to him and that's all you know that's really all I can do is when anything in this life comes along good or bad to me my only thing the only right thing to do is bow to the Lord mm-hmm. and give it to him to to do with what he will and I going back to devotion I think that it's they're interconnected because I love him I'm eternally bowing to him and I don't know exactly what that looks like in a mental picture Mm-hmm. But I know in spirit that just means like I want he is holy. He's the only right, he's the only hero. Yeah. He's the only one that I can really trust at the end of the day. More than myself, so I'll just give myself to him. I'll give all my thoughts to him. And right, he's the only one that can save me from any situation. Right. In the moment and for eternity. And so everything that I've read, everything I hear, I'm responsible for that thing now, every truth I should, I guess I should say, every mm-hmm. truth that I hear and read and, and understand that comes in, I'm now responsible to bow in that thing to him, to grow closer, right? That's like that's what devotion is, mm-hmm. is really just bowing everything. And I can't, right when I read something, it has to become part of my life, which just means I'm, I've given it to him. Yeah. If it doesn't become a part of my life, then I'm a phony, right? <laughs> I'm right. a... He says, "If you're lo- that's like what I think of lukewarm means, right? Mm. Religious person. I I go. I hear the sermons. I yeah, sure. I can raise my hands during the worship. I read the books, but then if my life doesn't change, then I'm fake. And it says he will vomit me. Yeah, he will vomit out of his mouth. It's so disgusting. He can deal with people that hate him mm-hmm. more because there's no show there. There's no falseness. There's no hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah. And well, in that kind of sense, you're, you're living differently how you're speaking. Yeah. I think that's true. And this, here's another, this is another challenging thought that will, that I think will help us in 2021. Um, and those, especially those of us that are leaders, I, I think it is true that when people get come into our lives, they must, and we are representing the Lord Jesus accurately, people must be getting either closer to Jesus or further from Jesus. And them staying stagnant is not acceptable. Yeah. So if a person is, is staying stagnant, um, and it's been like years, then time has gone by, then there's either two things going on here. Either you're not actually giving them the real gospel 
Mm-hmm. Because people that encounter the real gospel, there's only one or two things. Yeah, it's either aroma of life or death. Yes, um, if you're either you're not giving them the real gospel, or they're they're sick, their their conscience is seared. There's something wrong. Yeah, and that's the loop. or they're sent there to be some kind of stumbling block for someone. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Could, uh, an, yeah, soldier of the devil, pretty much. Yeah. But that's like lukewarm heart is mm-hmm. exactly what that is. Yeah. You're you're really a soldier of the devil. And, um, you know, even the, you just, yeah, you see murderers getting saved, like running as far away from God. You see atheists get saved all the time that, that are running away. But lu- the lukewarm thing is, is a serious, uh, terrible, terrible thing that the Lord talks about in Revelation. And so what we're talking about here is like we, we're, in, we're in the new year and we got to focus on some stuff that's yes. going to get us through here. And, and this is one of them. If, if you're a leader and you've had people in your life and they've been lukewarm for a long, long time, then what you, what we've got to do is you got to stop and think, am I actually representing the Christ Mm -hmm. appropriately? Because this person either needs to be moving towards Jesus or even away from him. And if a person has not learned or grown, or if you're a person watching this podcast, you haven't learned much or grown closer to Jesus or further or anything like that, then the Bible says you're sick. There's something deeply, deeply wrong. Yeah. And, um, I want to be close to Jesus and I want the words that come out of my mouth. I want those words to reflect who Jesus is. And that might mean people reject you. That might mean people will hate you Mm -hmm. and, and, um, scorn you. In fact, it, the scriptures guarantee that if you pick up this gospel, people will scorn you. But in the new year, as we move forward, um, one thing is certain. We must have the true words of Jesus, and we have to be speaking his heart. And um, and people in our lives that might have that Luke, they're not going one way or the other, they're stuck in the middle. I, I think there needs we need to help people bring go to decision time it's time to make a choice you got to choose masters um because if we really can't be friends you can't even you can't even like be good friends if someone's walking with jesus and another person's lukewarm that's just not gonna yeah you know what i mean yeah i guess the word better is brothers yeah you can be friends with a lot of people but you can't really be brothers and it goes back to those four c's like we just don't have the same we're just Right. There's not. I wish we could be, but that's on you, not me. Right. And and so the misconception is this, if if you're confused. Being lukewarm isn't. Um, I'm just trying to make it along in life. Lukewarm is you're holding a sword up against God and mm-hmm. you you hate him. That and these are strong words. And you don't you may not even realize it yeah. because that's what religion is, is you're thinking you're all gravy with him. Yeah. But you're not you're not really close to him. And if you're not close to him, he says, I mean, it's just a very sharp distinction. You're either with me or not. Right. Either love me or you don't. And uh, because you know that there's a heaven and a hell in your brain, you're going to convince yourself you're with me because you don't like to, ooh, hell's an icky, nasty place. Mm. Because you're thinking that place is not who you're with. And if you're with, with your, if you want to be with Jesus, and you've dropped your sword a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think of that story. We've told it before of, you know, the Lord can 
can accomplish so much, so many wonders, even of a person who seemingly is f- filled with hate. Yeah. You know, the, the thing about guys like, you know, a friend of mine went into the, went, in, went on a campus and talking to this guy about prayer. And the guy was like, how do you pray? And he's like, well, you bow your head and pray and say, just be honest with God. And so the, this kid bows his head and says, dear God, I hate you. Amen. <laughs> A truer prayer than is said in most churches. Yeah. Yes. So while that's a terrible thing to say as as a person that loves Jesus, and well, it's a terrible thing to say at, at all, um, the scary revelation of that is that that kid is more honest yeah. than than many many believers, so so to speak, self proclaimed believers, mm-hmm. and. Not necessarily trying to be scary um, tonight on Hospital for the Soul, but I think. Uh, uh, sober news is better than good news, like real, real news. Yeah. And, um, I'm not good at hiding emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's probably great, great thing. But, uh, 2021 is, is, uh, here and, you know, cool. But, uh, it's, if, if you haven't been walking with Jesus, it's time to walk with Jesus seriously and, and to know him and to abide with him and, and, and get into his word. And what that means, because that is true, I actually am extremely excited and I'm pumped. I'm actually, I'm not really, I'm not looking forward pessimistically. I'm excited for the school semester to start. I'm really stoked to see what the Lord's going to do. Yeah. How people's lives are going to change. We've got a leadership training class coming up. I think it's going to be awesome. I am extremely pumped about it. I think we're just going to seek the face of Jesus like more than we've ever done before. And yeah. One one new brother or sister makes all the scars mm. worth it. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, guys. Well, thanks for joining us, folks. Thanks for some of the questions and the comments. Um, man, if if you're uh, going through stuff, man, uh, the the goal to communicate. Don't communi- stay silent. Yeah. Don't stay silent. Yeah. If you have if you have good friends like you should, if you have people you can trust, right? Love covers a multitude of sins. Uh our job is restoration with Jesus. Mm. And uh yeah, if if gossip if you if you know you gossip, if you know that's a thing, just just let Jesus kill it. Because then you're you're a terrible friend. <laughs> if you gossip, <laughs> you just are not a friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Jesus hates it. Yeah, and, uh, tears down the church. Yeah, yes, Lord, we need you, Lord. Yeah. Well, I'm I uh, hospital for the soul is going to continue on. We've had about two week break. Um, I hope everyone had a wonderful Christmas time and time with family. And uh, we're going to move right on ahead, guys. We're going to continue podcast and and um, seeking Jesus, and we're not going to let no COVID or anything else slow us down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for joining us on Hospital for the Soul podcast. We love you guys. We will be here every Monday at 7. We will see you next time. Later. Later.